Coming up on Verse Course Verse, it's part two of our song dissection. And yes, the last one may have ended a little abruptly, but hey, we aren't always perfect. And you get two for the price of one, you lucky ducks. Two episodes in one week? What is this, Christmas? That's next. got another song that i think we'll talk more about music on now evil take it away yes uh we're going to talk about a song by the band cynic we're going to talk about traced in air released on no wait november 20 wait, wait huh the space for this right sorry yep oh, fuck. oh you just scared Already the shit fu- out of me see what oh, this is what happens when you, you put me in charge me. Oh my god. <laughs> you scared me. All right. Okay. Let me start over. Got we're, the gonna album, talk, right? we're gonna talk about the song Space for This oh, released okay. on the album Traced in Air by the band Cynic, released November twenty fifth, two thousand eight on Seasons of Mist. I don't I don't even know how to frame this. I fucking love the band. We already talked to you said you think you know what my theme is, because we're doing four of these episodes Paul. this year. It's Paul, right? Paul. Paul Masvidal. Yes, he's well. Paul Masvidal is the the vocalist and one of the guitar players for Cynic. Um, I thought that was the connection. Didn't he play with Death for a while? He played. Yeah. So so two members of Cynic, Paul Masvidal and Sean Reiner, recorded. Death was like Chuck Schuldiner's project, right? Yeah. And he had multiple musicians throughout the the span of of Death on the different albums. You know, to Giorgio, Gene Hoagland, there's a ton of them. Mm-hmm. These two guys, Sean Reiner and Paul Masvidal, were on Human, 1991's Human Death Album, which is one of their more critically acclaimed kind of albums. So you're close. You're close to the connection. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and but I'm not right. Th- Interesting. There is a connection, obviously, between Cynic and Death that is will be the recurring theme for the songs that I pick. Uh, they're metal. <laughs> but you're not too far off uh right. i i picked this because i don't even know how to talk about this music it's some of the weirdest shit i've ever heard um but i fucking love it uh this is cynic's second release so they sean and paul re- recorded human with chuck on the death album human in 1991 they went on their first album as cynic was Focus in 1993 so it's a pretty big gap from 93 to 2008 yeah. holy shit it, it actually kind of came as a surprise like most people are like holy shit is this uh, just I like Focus. all these guys just play with so many other fucking people all the time that it's they right just... yeah there's a lot of cross-pollination yeah. um paul masvidal and i think I think Sean Reiner as well. Both they both like moved to Hollywood and they did like session work. They do like soundtracks and scoring and things like that. So that was like their main gig. Oh, cool. And then Sean Malone, which is the third of the three core members of Cynic, they reunited for this album in two thousand eight. The first time I heard this, it fucking bloomed the whole album like I had never heard anything like it before. Mm-hmm. It's metal, but it's not. It's like jazzy and progressive and it's very progressive. i don't know it's, it's so extremely progressive okay how do i want to go about this i felt bad in the last one because i wasn't a huge fan 
of the death that you picked, but mm-hmm. I get to make up for that because I fucking dug this so much. Ugh. This is so not what I was expecting at all. Every single, you know, even it starts out as typical metal in a softer side and you're just waiting for it to fucking <laughs> blow your ears out. But instead, like you said, it turns into this incredibly progressive, almost jazz oriented. And yeah. it's even a little bit like the lyrics are synth laden. There's He's got like mm-hmm. some pitch work going on there. There are so many layers to this song and Paul is so brilliant in it. I loved it from the jump. The first 10 seconds of the song into when he starts actually singing the space for this line. Mm-hmm. Uh, just so beautiful. Uh, I, f- Dude, I fucking dug this big time. Really? That's, I, I, wa- I don't know what I expected from you guys. Um, I want to hear Rachel's opinion. But before, like, I want to kind of finish some thoughts on why I picked this. Because it, it extends beyond the music. It's very challenging. Like when I, like I said, when I heard it for the first time, which was probably a couple years after it was released, 2010, 11-ish, is when okay. I first heard it. And I knew about Cynic and I knew about Death at the time. Um, I think I'd listened to Focus a little bit, which I, Focus has like this sort of legendary reputation as being this jazz metal, death metal fusion thing. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't feel like, fully formed as this album does. I feel like this is more fleshed out thoughts and beyond that. So I have a deep connection with the artist who cynic uses on all of their albums, which is Robert Venosa, who is one of my absolute favorite artists who I discovered through this album. Okay. Cynic is a band and this album specifically is like this weird convergence of metal but it's not metal at the same time. Creativity, like virtuosity, yeah. like they're they some of the best musicians. Fuck. I mean, holy, I, I can't even describe how good the musicianship is on this. Art and and the relationship between music and art, what we call foreshadowing there. Um, <laughs> spirituality. So there's a weird sort of esoteric spiritual component to this music and, and the, their approach to it. And I, I just fucking love it all. I understand it's not for everybody because it's a it's not an easy listen. It's also very well crafted at the same time and melodic. And I, I d- that's the thing is where I do I do think that there is a lot of particularly progressive metal that is not easy to listen to. I think that there is mm-hmm. enough mm-hmm. resolution aspects of music that just yeah. make your brain happy. And yeah. I think that there is enough in this, along with the fact that it's not fucking growling lyrics. Right. There's a little, but it's layered. Yeah. It's very, very layered. I think a non-metal lover still has a very good chance of loving this type of stuff. I'm curious of what Rachel has to say about this and what her experience Our with it resident, is. Our uh, resident new metalhead. Our, our, yes. Yeah. So that's our, actually a really interesting segue, a, a good segue. Um, you saying a, not, a lot of non-metal people might be interested in this song, in them. This, apparently, I did not hear, I had not heard of the subgenre of breath metal before. Have you heard of this, Evil? Hmm. Really? Breath metal is new to me. Breath metal. <laughs> Apparently, Cynic has been described so as stupid. the founders of breath metal. Um, <laughs> so, you know, with strong, like, ambient 
ethereal, light, flowy aspects to it. And so that plays on that idea. Some of the lyrics of breathe in, breathe out, it gives like this mm. meditation feel to it. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, in, as a soft metal lover, uh, I really enjoyed it. And now I know that breath metal exists, so I can look for more breath metal and know that breath metal. <laughs> this could be good stuff for yoga working out. I don't know. <laughs> That's so fucking weird. You know what drives me nuts, and I don't know why, is... Uh, I hate it when people don't have a head on their guitar and he doesn't have a head on his guitar. <laughs> yeah. I fucking hate it. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know why. It's a Steinberger or it's, what is it? It's a very silly thing to care about. <laughs> Watching him do, I watched him do this live. I watched him do like a guitar breakdown. I listen to this a lot. The other thing for listeners that have never listened to this, just like me, Cynic was brand new to at one point, I think I just lost track when I was walking or I wasn't paying attention or something. And I look down and I'm into the next song, which go listen to this whole album. This album flows. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fucking great. This whole album is. There's a lot going on musically, like a fucking lot. Really, the core, it's Paul Masvidal, Sean Reinhardt and Sean Malone. Super sad. Sean Reinhardt and Sean Malone both passed away, I think, in 2020. Ooh. One had severe health issues the other was like mental health which is a tragedy because fuck man what a talent like extremely talented yeah collective of musicians and paul has moved on and he's doing more stuff under this the name cynic and it's good but i feel like there's yeah so their, their most recent album came out last year i've listened to it a little bit and it's good it's just it there's something special about traced in air and the ep that came out right after this i also really really it's called carbon-based anatomy really fucking dig it i might have been into dabbling with like psychedelics and that kind of stuff <laughs> this time frame and th- this band is all about like that tracks expanding your yeah it tracks a ton it, it, and i think that's the tie into the artwork as well like yeah so robert venosa one of my favorite painters used a technique called the misc technique it's like this weird layering of oil and tempera, egg tempera paint. I have never seen one of his paintings in person, which I ha- absolutely have to before I die. I have to see some of his paintings in person <laughs> because it, it creates like this prismatic effect that how the light like shines in through the layers of paint reflects out of it. And I mean, it's hippy dippy, airy fairy. I was going like, to say, you sound like a hippie. Mm-hmm. dude. It totally is that. I mean, my two fucking favorite artists are he's Puerto Rican. Paul? I didn't Paul know that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and he's also in another band that uses the fucking Latin L- yeah. A-E thing. Aeon Spoke. Spoke. Yeah. You fucking kids in your A-E well, thing. He's Just not a kid. It. He's been, I mean, fuck, he's, he's older than you probably. He's um, 52. Anyway. He's 52. Yeah, yeah. I still, I want him to stop. I don't want the A-E anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this is a topic that I'm going to be diving into quite a bit on the podcast and outside of the podcast. This is like when I actually... I have a registered a business. I have a website. Everything's, <laughs> I'm, I'm like doing stuff that's going to complement the podcast that really dives into the relationship between art and music. And I've picked this song, this album, this artist specifically at this time because I think it's a good sort of like segue into doing that and bringing okay. more of that into the podcast. So it was one of the other ones. I have a concept that I want to do. And I think you should help me with as a musician. I've always had the idea of making an album 
where I was specifically on, I'm not allowed to even touch the album, think on it, work on it, anything until I'm on a specific drug. So I'll have like an album called alcohol and I'll have an album called Coke and I'll have an album called LSD. Oh, that's hilarious. I think you should have to do the art for those albums on that same drug. Yes. Oh, that's funny. That's, really, that's a great really, idea. Really it's, uh, it, I, it's, it is. Just, it just really wait till is. heroin. Oh, Ooh, yikes. <laughs> I feel like all of mine, I'm going to have to go to like Peru because it's going to be all ayahuasca stuff. Well, that can be one of them. That'd be expensive and an expensive album. <laughs> we have to be on that for... <laughs> have you ever seen the, like, the drawings of, I think it was a professional artist who did this. Like he did different drugs and then while he was tripping on those drugs, did drawings. It's fucking wild. I mean, I, isn't that most artists? Yeah, but th- this was like a specific experiment where I'm like, he's like, I'm going to experience this substance. And while I'm on that substance, do a piece of artwork. And the differences between, you know, like marijuana versus cocaine versus, I, I can't remember all yeah. the drugs, but some of them were like, like, oh, that's really I, cool. It, some of them make you want to do the drugs. Other ones make you be like, <laughs> fuck no. <laughs> make you really not want. <laughs> this band and, their relationship with, with Robert Vernosa is especially fascinating to me. I, I want to talk about them moving forward and art and music more moving forward. The music is super crisp. Like I said, the transitions are just completely beautiful. It's not, it's not heavy handed at all, but it is very... I mean, they fucking play. They flex. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But they have a very strong grasp of melody and songcraft at the same time. Yes. Even though we'll talk about the lyrics later, but there is a smugness that usually comes with this style of music that I don't get from them. Yeah. You know, like it's hard to listen to Maynard lyrics sometimes. Right. Because he's such a fucking douchebag. <laughs> but well, he can be. He I shouldn't say be. he is. He can he, be. And he often does that on purpose. I don't get that from them. If you would have asked me without looking at the date that this came out, I would have thought it would have been more like 2003-ish. Mm, a little earlier. I don't have that much else to say on this except for that I just really fucking liked it. And I think it's extremely... I think it is way more accessible than mm-hmm. you would think that it is upon first listen, I guess. Yeah. I, I agree. It is busy. There's a lot of playing going on in these songs. Like drums. It's very are, pretty though. It is. That's the thing is that it's it's textured and layered in a way that's palatable. If you're not like into jazz or not into death metal or yeah. not into whatever, and it's it it's all of those, but it's none of those at the same time. Did you palate it, Rachel? Yeah, I really like breath metal, so that actually worked out really well for me. <laughs> Our resident breath metal expert. <laughs> Paul is super into a certain type of yoga that I cannot pronounce. It's K-R-I-Y-A yoga. I don't know how to pronounce that, so I'm not going to try. This song feels very influenced by that with if you've ever been to a yoga class, it's like breathe in good air, breathe out bad. Um, mm-hmm. And it, there's the the points in the song that say breathe in, breathe out. There's making space for things. So in, again, in yoga, there's like get rid of all the bad mojo and bring in the good mojo and all that i'm not using the right words for this but i get it though yeah so uh i just think that the lyrics worked really well with the music i was actually really impressed by the vocals and the music in general in relation to the lyrics i mean i don't like that they stole the concept from kanye west and Ludacris. right yeah no kanye is an artist (laughs) breathe in breathe out (laughs) um can we can we go to the John McRae best line of the song. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Because 
I do have one complaint. <laughs> um, I don't like these lyrics. They're I, very I, silly. I knew that. I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> you know, when you're sitting there with the people that do yoga, per example, mm-hmm. and they're trying to talk to you about things like breathing in the bad and out the good, and I just don't want to listen to what they're saying. That's kind of where I was with this. That's fair. I, that's very fair. Here's the interesting thing about my relationship with this music and the art is I fucking love it. I love I love the spiritual component. I actually like the lyrics. I like how sappy and, and hippy-dippy, airy-fairy they are. I fucking dig that. You are very uh, underground sappy hippie. So, You're, but, there's a little bit of a secret part of This will explain it. a lot about me. Or probably confuse people even further. <laughs> my, my two favorite artists, and I can't pick one above the other, are Robert Ven- Venosa and Toby who, Keith. If you look at the, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Robert Venosa and Frank Frazetta. And if you don't know who Frank Frazetta is, Conan. He he like Conan, <sighs> not Conan. The, no, this the absolutely talk show, like makes Conan sense. the Barbarian. Yes, yeah, this those totally are my fucking sense. two favorite artists. <laughs> Those are my two favorite artists. Yeah, that's so weird. I got a toe in each of those <laughs> worlds, <laughs> like savagery and fucking you know enlightenment, you know. And maybe that's why I like this band because they're they're a little bit of that's all kind of, of that. them. Yeah. Do you have a favorite line? I liked the lyrics. I picked a bundle of thoughts on a lonely ghost pursuit, lost inside the space for this. I do like the bundle of thoughts line. Really good imagery, and again, going back to that, breathe in, breathe out, like. When you're trying to meditate and get rid of all of the stuff that's just clouding what you're trying to accomplish and lost inside the space for this, I just, it's really beautiful. I thought that those were really good lyrics. Do you meditate or do yoga or anything evil? Yeah. Good to know. It all comes together. (laughs) That's why you're so much more balanced than we are. Yoga, not like regularly. (laughs) I'm not far from balanced. Jesus. Out of ruins, we've haunted like owls. The future druids drop the crystal goblet forming spells. That's, I don't know. I just like it. You just like it's it when... stupid. It's like... Yes. Dungeons yeah, and Dragon-y. And goblets. And- <laughs> this weird spiritual sort of... It's like reaching one way, but it's also fucking total D&D nerd at the that same time. That fits in perfectly to just- my response to the next... The demographic award. Who is this for? <laughs> fucking nerds. That's what I said. <laughs> fucking nerds. <laughs> I said metalheads who like D&D and drugs. That's a very specific... Yeah, it's me. Just, I was going to say, just because people like D&D doesn't mean they can't do drugs. Just because people do drugs doesn't mean they can play D&D. I put evil as the demographic for this. And then people who do yoga and someone who's looking to mix up their house cleaning mix. Hold on. Let me dive into this a little bit deeper. Yeah. What kind of house cleaning? Like, like mopping? Spiritual house cleaning? Oh, sure. <laughs> or scrubbing the counters? Lighting some sage? Good for both. If I'm saging my house, this is the music that's going on. What's your stairway award, Rachel? I've heard no other cynic, so I I can't answer that. Yeah, I basically said the same thing, except what I had already said, that I'm going to give these guys more of a listen, and I really enjoy this whole album. Uh, Evil, is this your favorite cynic song? I don't know if it's my favorite song of theirs. I think it's maybe the best first blush at cynic Mm. for for non-initiated that's why i picked this one i really like their ep they released after traced an error it's called carbon-based anatomy but it's a it's even for i mean it's like fucking super let's go to peru and do ayahuasca and i'll be friends and i mean it really is 
But I swear to God, the title track on that EP is one of the fucking greatest guitar solos I have ever heard mm. in a number of ways. Like it fits the music. It's just, he is a tremendous guitar player and musician. Yes. Yes. Right back to you, Evil. What's your John Paul Jones award? My, my John Paul Jones award is sad here because I'm just sad that Chuck Schuldiner died so young from brain cancer and that Sean Malone and Sean Reiner both passed away in 2020 for tragic reasons. I wish all of those musicians were still alive because a, I would have liked to have had more like death stuff with different musicians and, and maybe had like a reunion with the human lineup. And I want as much as I like this album and cynic, like, I feel like Paul by himself gets in the weeds a little bit mm. with the hippie dippy spirituality kind of he and, and Sean Reiner would feud and fight. And I think that makes good music. I think you need that friction and partnership to really yeah. push you as a, as an artist and, and a creator. And I'm cheating this answer a lot, but that's, that's my wish is I wish those, all of those people were still alive and will co- could collaborate on future projects. That's a good answer. Your picks have had a lot of no pun intended death around them. Yeah. <laughs> my pick. And once again, same thing. I don't think I'd change anything. There was a specific bass sound I was looking for that I wasn't getting in this song. Mm. So I said, John Myung of mm-hmm. dream theater. I would like a, a pr- feel like a prominent baseline in this at times would have been really fucking cool you know that's interesting you say that sean malone's bass he's Mm -hmm. brilliant like he he was a music teacher like a college professor his like bass tone is coveted by some but like others like completely it's very polarizing the term they they use to refer to it as tone wise is farty it's a farty (laughs) bass tone (laughs) i liked it so i just gave smart ass answers Enya, which actually with like the light breathy, I don't know, maybe Enya could add a little something to it. Just throw it out there. She's um, Irish. Shout out Mars. Ireland. Right? Isn't Mars. Enya yeah, Irish? So I think she is mm. not. <laughs> <laughs> they released an album. She's Irish. I'm an asshole. Let me. Um, That's what it says on Wikipedia. As a man, I'm going to explain to you where Enya was born. <sighs> you were saying evil. <laughs> check out the portal tapes so it's a lot of the same musicians they did a, a, with a female vocalist oh ahead of its time or well-timed that's kind of the beauty of this progressive there's like a 20-year block that this music would work in i agree <sighs> not not yeah yeah that was easy <clears throat> is the band as good as the song uh absolutely i think this is a really good representation of them as a band it's like them firing on all cylinders. I wouldn't say it's like their best. They are as good as this song, and this song is a good representation of them. Who won the song? I said Paul. Like I said, I watched him do a guitar breakdown. I watched uh, them do this live, and he's fucking amazing. Easy answer, but the right answer. Rachel? I said evil, but I also think the people like myself that are transitioning into metal music, this is a lighter metal so i feel like those people win which really makes the whole metal community I win i agree i like that a lot really hard not to make a transitioning joke uh evil what about you <laughs> travel agents booking trips to south america Ooh, for yeah. ayahuasca tourism <laughs> won this album you're uh, not wrong <laughs> peruvian medicine people yeah uh, let's um, take money from those rich white people 
that want our drugs. Right. Once again, thank you to Evil. You showed me something that I'm super into. I, I feel like once a year you show me a metalish band that I end up getting very into. I feel like I will get into these guys. All right, everybody. One more song, not four this time. We'll talk about why in a very in-depth episode later on, I'm sure. We're going to do a two-hour episode where we grill Sven. But first, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to talk about our third song. We'll be right back. Hi, everybody. We have one more song to do, and it is not Playing God by Polyphia. Polyphia. It is the Cranberry Zombie. That's right, you young Dubliners, you Irishmen and women. We're talking probably the most popular song to ever come out of Ireland, an Irish band. Yeah. If I completely ignore the shitty one that you guys have. What's the shitty one? (laughs) Keyword is Bono. Oh, well. Yeah. They they have had a couple probably more popular songs, but this was a massively Do popular. Irish people like you two? That's a real question. You know what's funny is on my tour yesterday, I started to ask that and I stopped. I don't think so because the guy that was giving the tour did make a, he made a Bono joke. Apparently at one of the bars we went to, Bono was there and he had a guitar and he started playing and the owner like yelled at him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> so Yikes. it was a very good story. That's amazing. Cranberries by the zombie by the zo- cranberries by the zombies. Before, before we hop into cranberries by the zombies, zombies. Hey, there's a good band. Um, <laughs> not to beat the dead Metallica horse too much. But have any of you listened to, and if you have, do you? what do you think of their cover of Whiskey in the Jar? I am going to get shit for this, but I fucking love it. I do too. I actually do. I like that. I, that's great. I, I, I thought like I was it. the only person that liked it. No, I like I like Hetfield's gravelly. Mushering, Amadura, my I dot. love it. I think it's... A, I love that. I love garage that's been on my. Yeah. That's been on my workout mix for since it came out. I think it's fantastic. Rachel, how do you feel about Metallica's Whiskey in the Jar? I don't know that I've heard it. I apologize. Check it out. Zombie by the Cranberries released in 1994. So this is going to be a really fun one to talk about everybody for multiple reasons. Dolores, who was just, uh, just a, one of the coolest front people Mm -hmm. ever, just a fucking badass. So Irish sees the news, which, what was it, 93, 92? 93. Yeah, 93. This song is about the troubles. This song is about the IRA and Northern Ireland fight for freedom. It's about the conflict that started in the 60s, didn't end until 98. And there's still a lot of fucking issues. But Dolores was watching the news one night and one specific bombing uh, that I believe was in Warrington. Sorry, my note, my yeah. notes are all yeah. F- yeah. fucked. Yeah. In which a bunch of people are injured and specifically two children were killed. I think it w- was it a car bomb? It was uh, in a bin. They trash can. Rachel, you're American. It's a trash can. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my notes say rubbish bin. Um, <laughs> somebody had put a bomb into a trash can on a very busy street right before Mother's Day. Two boys were out shopping for Mother's Day cards and were fucking killed by a bomb, which the IRA claimed that uh, it wasn't their fault, that they had given warning to clear 
the place, which isn't the fucking point. And so Dolores wrote this song about how her people had been killing each other since the, well, since when they had to fight for their independence, starting in like 1915. And uh, it's the same old theme since 1916. I think they'd been fighting for longer than that, but... What came out was this song that she wrote on an acoustic guitar, which they started playing it. And she was like, hey, I actually want a really fucking heavy electric guitar. She writes this song that uh, I think is pretty goddamn amazing. Yeah. And was very excited to talk about. I would think that you're probably both fans of this, but I'm not positive. Rachel, what are your thoughts on Zombie by the Cranberries? Love the Cranberries in general. Um, and this song was just a great grunge feely song for my, I guess I was junior high-ish at this time, just coming into my own music. So this was, this is a great song. It's very well done. I obviously, not obviously, but as a kid did not understand uh, the gravity of the song. So I appreciate it more now, yeah. really into Cranberries in general. Me too. Uh, always been a big Cranberries fan. Evil, what about you? I have a potentially unpopular opinion that I'm going to throw out there. Ooh, this is good. This is from what I will argue is the greatest year in music ever, and that is 1994. Yeah, it's not a shitty year at all. Which was, uh, that spanned my senior year of high school, first semester of college as a freshman. Super influential time as a as a age range. Mm-hmm. This was one of those songs that just played all the time that year for me it was like it did do you know what time of year the album was released i just remember it being like fall september i think yeah so later like it was it was college for me like this was like enormous this is one of those songs that was just like fucking enormous for that time frame 1.2 billion watches on youtube on this video and that's yeah that's insane I think it's great. I think the band's great. I think she's fucking phenomenal. I think the song is amazing. Well, that's not unpopular. <laughs> no. no. Yeah, that's no. not unpopular. Oh, you're fucking with us. Okay. No, my unpopular oh. opinion is about the year in music because I think that's the greatest year of music ever. Oh. I mean... You and I have talked about other years before. And there's one in particular that's like a the fucking big white whale that we're, we'll get to at some point. Yes. I think if you look broadly at all of the music released... In a year, this one is a contender. 94 is a fucking contender for... Mm-hmm. I feel really fortunate that I was at that age at this time. I mean, I'm looking at fucking 50 albums down on this list where... Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. The Blue Album, Downward Spiral, Dummy by Portishead, Illimatic, Ready to Die, Dookie, Ill Communication, Super Unknown, Monster, Purple, <laughs> Jar of Flies, yeah. Veruca Salt, Stranger Than Fiction... Yeah. Rubberneck by the Toad. Yeah, this is this is fucking insane. If you're in, under the pink by Tori, if you're like our demographic, this is the best year of music ever. Yeah, this yeah. is just. It might not have so some of the landmark releases that some of the other years do have, but broadly and absolutely, let's segue back into Cranberries and Zombie. This was one of the bigger releases and one of the fucking biggest songs of this era. Mm-hmm. This song played nonstop on the radio on mtv mm-hmm. the video was yeah. fucking everywhere i didn't know until today did you know that this video was banned uh, in ireland uh, for a long time and 
yeah. parts of Europe. I, yeah, I did know that. Because they yeah. tricked people into thinking they were making a documentary. So they had the footage of the kids playing right. war games yeah. and the troops are all, that's all real footage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is f- it's fucking ballsy. <laughs> yeah, so I I learned that and I watched the video again and it is the the chills are real. It gives you goosebumps at how disturbing it is. It's mm-hmm. in a lot of ways it reminds me a lot of this had a very similar look at what we're doing to our own people feel as mm. this is America. Right. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say I was actually meditating on that last night how appropriate it was to have similar themed songs from different countries because i think Mm. a lot of times in america americans have this we suck everything we do is horrible we are literally the worst country in the entire world uh point of view yeah no they all suck yeah until you're somewhere else and realize they're all terrible (laughs) yeah people and you talk to other people and they're like well you know my country's shitty too, so let me tell you a story yeah. about IRA. Have you heard of the IRA? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that concept was very lost on me when this came out because I was so young. Yeah. But the idea that there was a, a civil war of sorts mm-hmm. that would could go on in the 90s, mm-hmm. being somebody that young, I just couldn't understand it. Protestants and Catholics just right. saying, hey, okay, we're going to fucking kill each other now because yeah. it's a hard thing to grasp. It is. And if I think back to young me, my impression of this was just is pure music. It was music. It was the visuals from the music video. I don't think I was right. able to fully grasp the actual conflict or the protest of the song that was going on. Mm-hmm. That came later. That came mm-hmm. later. With You become cynical as you get older. Uh. And also... To be fair to us at the time, I don't want to say there was no internet because that dates us all, but there was not really internet to be able to access. We have, you know, sleeves that tell us the lyrics, but the meaning of the lyrics. CD case sleeves, not the things that we wear on our arms. Yeah. Oh, good call. Thank you for the kids. (laughs) (laughs) That's important. It is. (laughs) The delivery and the decision of what words to use and the delivery of Mm -hmm. the the tanks and the bombs and the bombs and the guns Mm -hmm. is, I think it's one of the most powerful deliveries of a line ever in a song. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is about the repetition of the bombs. There's something there though. I agree. It's like an interrupt and their bombs and the bombs and the gun. It, like it triggers some something in your auditory loop that makes you go like, what, wait, wait, what? Yes. Yeah. That's fucking yes. And there were over 10,000 bombing attacks during this period of time. So it really emphasizes like, no, the bombs and the fucking bombs. It's like yeah. an everyday thing. Did either of you listen to the Bad Wolves version of this? I can I'll because she was she was supposed to sing on that yep right I'm not a he there's other things to talk about with that version but they did one thing with the lyrics that and Miley Cyrus's version right oh well fuck why why are we even talking about this one when we could be Uh, like diving exactly okay exactly there is something that happened in the Bad Wolves version where I was like I don't know if I want to like this but I do Hmm. so here's my opinion um don't fucking cover this song, everybody. Anyone. Particularly you, Miley Cyrus. No, Miley Cyrus. Don't fucking try to okay. sing this song. No, that was... Do you think Miley Cyrus even had any sort of fucking concept about what this song... Like, I'm waiting for Miley Cyrus's version of This Is America. I think it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> 
you don't have any business singing this fucking song. And I didn't, here's the thing. Right. I don't like the Bad Wolves version, but I, I'm sure I would have liked it if she was on it. I don't like it because it's just, it's like a moderning. Right. It's turning it into every other fucking American rock song from the 2000s. Right. Yes. So yes. Th- there is a bit of, I didn't think about this until you just said that with Miley Cyrus, because I knew that she had done a version of it, but it's a little bit, do you feel maybe I'm, missing the mark on this a little bit of appropriation to talk about yeah she's not irish she doesn't understand what the fuck she's i don't know if i'd call it appropriation i just think it's fucking i think she heard this song that was awesome and was like oh man i could i could sing the shit out of this and it is but that's not the fucking point but there's more to it than and it's sure as shit ain't gonna hit if you don't have an irish accent like it's just not it's just fucking stupid well and the meaning is lost when it's god damn (laughs) when it's an american singing about an experience that an Irish person had. She grew up in Ireland. It's not her. It's not her family. Not everybody that's Irish is a fucking asshole is what she's saying. Much like this could easily be. Yes, I completely agree. I have thoughts on Bad Wolves in general because one of their guitar players is Doc Coyle, who was previously in God Forbid, which is one of my (laughs) fucking favorite bands. And his guitar playing in God Forbid is fucking amazing multiple layers god forbid if you don't know what a metal band in the same vein as like unearth like they were in that kind of new wave of american heavy metal early 2000s predominantly black guys in the band the only white guy was the bass player the rest and so they experienced weird versions of discrimination Mm. and so there's like layers of weird stuff going on there i fucking love doc coil i love his playing i'm not a huge fan of bad wolves uh, because of the reasons that you're, it's like very American. Like it's just another stained fucking. It's, yeah. it's overproduced. It's, yes. All that said, complex relationship with the music here. Dolores was supposed to sing on the Bad Wolves cover. You know, that's completely different. I feel like that's yep. that would have been fucking awesome. Literally the day before she was supposed to go in and record is when she passed away. Mm-hmm. They like decided to go ahead and record and release it, which is controversial that's like should they have done that i don't know they did donate proceeds from it to a fund like they're like fuck you know how do we how do we navigate how do we navigate the fact that this is going to make us famous Uh, but we probably shouldn't do it (laughs) sure let's do it anyway all that said there is a line in that version that i'm like this is fucking pretty clever with their tanks and their bombs and their bombs and their drones oh okay does it save the song and is it does it save to me no but that's fucking clever it's and, c- it, and it's it's a nod to the fact that technology of yeah. killing people changes yes. but people don't fucking change i do sure. like that i do think it takes away from what the original song was actually about but mm-hmm. completely but it also adds to the sentiment is true that one of the problems is how yeah I like the play on the fact that we've dehumanized killing, even if it's in war, so much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'll tell you what I do know now is that people in Ireland fucking love it. It's definitely not like a, oh my God, fucking stop playing this song. Walking down the streets of Dublin, I heard, I think, three different buskers play versions of it. Nice. I was just going to say, you you were like sending us videos of you walking down the street with buskers playing stuff. And I think all of them were playing this song. Yeah, I, I walked around the downtown Dublin for like an hour and heard three different buskers play it. I'm fucking bummed that Dolores died. I really liked 
the cranberries i loved i love this whole album i love uh what was the one after this with the, the yellow cover it wasn't bury the hatchet oh to the faithful departed to the faithful departed yeah. basically their first three albums everybody else is doing it mm-hmm. no need to argue and to the faithful departed are fucking amazing their greatest hits are amazing you know what's weird is this was like the most popular song in a year like evil said that of insane popularity and right. i still feel like the cranberries are a little underrated somehow i agree I think so too. I wonder why that is. Because they had like this, they had Linger was Linger big. was massive. Salvation was really big. Yep. Ode to My Family was pretty big. They had a lot of really big hits, but there was so fucking much good alternative rock metal music yeah. in nineteen ninety four that it's like Yes. There was so much. So much. This song was just such a perfect example though of the whole grunge keep it simple stupid yeah outlook on music because it's so dark it's so simple the drum fills are all snared da, 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 da. the guitars playing like three different chords that ending solo he's got the harmonizing distorted ripping on his guitar those very simple notes the dun, mm-hmm. nah, nah, nah. Mm. it's so fucking powerful this is another song like i know we talked about the video for this is America, but this is this song is from an era where music and videos were you couldn't separate them because that was right. just yeah. how that was part of the culture. The visuals, like her in the gold and like the Egyptian Cleopatra yeah. eye of makeup and the kids mm-hmm. and the and the religious symbolism. And if you watch when they're playing their drummer and how aggressive he is holding his sticks, mm-hmm. they're pouring so much into the performance. Yes. You can feel their their angst and how uncomfortable they are and they're trying to like it's a very genuine and real reaction to Mm-hmm. what the song is actually about. You can feel it. You can feel it in the performance. It's like, I missed the visual representation of music that music videos from that era and mm-hmm. a little bit before and a little bit after had. I, I really missed that. I think This Is America is a good example of it, but that's an anomaly rather than the norm. Exactly. Right. Yes. That's a every 10 years yeah, type of yeah, thing. Yeah. John McRae, best line of the song. Uh, Rachel, what do you got? But you see, it's not me. It's not my family. This hit me as a lot of Americans today in that there's a lot of things going on in the country that they don't, they're not a part of, they don't associate with, they don't agree with. And that one really hit Mm -hmm. because as an Irish woman, she didn't believe in the things that her country was doing. That was that line. And I I related to that. I thought that was really, really well done. I think she did a good job of, I'm forgetting what line off the top of my head, but when you, you know, the same old thing since 1916 and all that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff that it had been almost a hundred years and they hadn't figured out a way to fix things without shooting and bombing each other and shit like that, which is pretty relevant for us nowadays. I don't know if you've heard or not, but lots of people shoot each other in America. It's just kind of a thing. Evil, what's... What's your uh, favorite line? Okay, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. I know you're you're not a fan of like musical theft or appropriation. Do you feel like she does some really interesting vocalizations in here to the point mm-hmm. like, that, that it's been parodied where she says like, oh, 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 over and over. Do you feel like mm-hmm. we should hold Rihanna's feet to the fire with Umbrella, Ella, Ella, 
Hey. And the oh, hey. oh, hey. oh, um, hey. I think I, you just figured it out for me because he, here's the thing. Umbrella is a guilty pleasure song of mine. Hey. I love what? that song. Is it, is it because and of this? Maybe it's because it's a lot like Zombie. Well, I like Rihanna too because <laughs> Nuno played guitar for her. So oh, right. it all comes together sure somehow. Uh, also, it's just Rihanna. The line that got me is it's the same old theme since 1916. Right. Because of the like exasperated like fuck it's her performance of that is like it's this is it just me or does she put a super irish does she do ting like a god yes. that's so good team to lighten this up slightly fucking who calls like civil war the troubles it's so quaint right the troubles yeah oh the troubles mm-hmm. what's the troubles yeah. it's, it's like, like such you a- know 40 years of bombing and murder oh Okay. Well, in in that line, using the word it's same old theme, like it's it's whatever. It sounds so tired. Yeah. It's yes. numb and yes. it's jaded to everything that's going on. And I think the that's the use of that word is perfect. Exactly what I felt. Tired and just jaded is a, like it's fuck. Yes. It's like I, you can feel like the exasperated. Like, are we fucking still doing this? Mm-hmm. You can feel that in that simple line. It's brilliant. It's such a it good It really line. is, which works well for the, because that's the feel I get from the, the tanks and the bombs and the, such a flustered going off that you yeah. just repeat yourself. Yeah. I, I think that's very relevant. My favorite, I just love the usage of the character of a zombie. There is so much fucking meaning that you can pull from the usage of zombie. God, sure. we haven't even talked about that. No. That's the song title. We haven't even talked about how is brilliant it the, that is. The troops that are just fucking, they're droning along doing what they're supposed to do. Is it the people that have become so jaded that they don't even, right. they ignore it? Is it the dead people in everybody's head, as she keeps saying? Oh There's so many fucking meanings you can get from that word. Ah, oh, fuck. Shame mm-hmm. on me for never even considering how brilliant that fucking is. I didn't until I started dissecting this for this. And I was like, fuck man, that's cause I was really trying to figure out what she meant by zombie. And I realized that it could be 50 different things. And that's what makes it completely brilliant. Mm -hmm. Fucking fuck. Yeah. I mean, there's, you were talking about the imagery of the little kids playing war and that recalled there's a a documentary and named Lenny Reifenstahl. She's long gone, but she did propaganda videos for Hitler and had, you know, there I had seen in this Holocaust in film class that I took at Boise State, some of her work and she shot Hitler youth and it showed them like getting ready in the morning and in their nice clean suits and wrestling and they were all blonde yeah. and, and beautiful, but they were just doing what they were told to do and doing what they thought was right because other people told them that that's what they were supposed to do. Have you guys seen Jojo Rabbit? Yes. Yes. Oh my God. That's one of my favorite movies of the last decade. It's so fucking good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That reminded me of that because that's a lot of what that is saying. But Rachel, Mm -hmm. what about the demographic award though? I said the IRA and people that were standing around doing nothing it's i mean similar to this is america people that are ignoring what's going on i think that's who needed to hear this and who this was written for what you were just saying just as much as for other countries i think especially in the 90s for something that's going to be on tv all the time for dolores to have that ability to say hey this is happening in ireland 
right now Mm -hmm. because I don't think I would have known anything about the IRA if it wasn't for this song. 100%. I agree with you. I also, being kind of one of those people that is maybe kind of given up a little bit on the certain, on the issues that are going on in America, I do. I think that there is a very justifiable kind of what she's saying in this song of it's, it's not me. It's not my family. It's the fucking, we have no power and it's a depressing thought. Mm -hmm. Demographic mid nineties, angsty youth with a brain, like anyone who could think, I think Anytime you can like collectively grab a population by the shoulders and shake them a little bit, I think you've done something, which is what she Mm -hmm. did here. There's this air of helplessness and exhaustion, but it's just like, fuck, what are we doing? Like, what the fuck are we doing? And I think that's part of the genius of the song is that she was able to tap into that somehow and become like internationally famous doing it, you know, massively. Yeah. Huge. Which amplifies that message in in a, a level that I don't think, I don't think many could have done. Stairway Award. This is a really hard one for me because there are a lot of Cranberry songs that I love. This is definitely top three. It's also now that as I've gotten older, this is a harder listen for me Mm -hmm. because it does. It kind of puts you in a dark place. Whereas a song like Ode to My Family, which is this just unbelievably beautiful song that... If it's not their best song, it's definitely close to me. But I think there are other songs of theirs that I prefer just because I like happier Dolores personally. What about you, Rachel? I think this falls into the same category as This Is America in that this is the song that's the most impactful that they ever wrote. And the one that I feel like if you say Cranberries, this is the first one that people are going to name off. Definitely. This is a really, really great song. And I think it's my favorite. I think it's definitely speaks to the talent of, of them as a band though. It's fabulous, but all their, they have a lot of really, really good stuff as well. It feels like an anomaly. If we think about the Cranberries today, this is what we think about. Mm -hmm. Like Linger was number, it topped the charts. Yeah. Right. Fuck, I forgot about yes. Linger was huge. Linger was massive for a long time. In its mm-hmm. time. I don't know their catalog super well. I think this was their most impactful song. Yes. Their biggest yeah. for sure. How do you measure that? You know, like do you, is it album sales or impact? Like what how do you measure biggest song? What about personally? Is it your favorite uh, cranberry yeah, song? Yeah, it's I think it's my favorite for sure. Same, same with you, Rachel? Yeah. Whatever. Um, the John Paul Jones award. So the, I'm using my uh, get out of jail free card on this one. I can't replace anything on this. What are you going to put bad wolves on there or some shit? Uh, Miley, uh, <laughs> Rachel, uh, I'm using another get out of jail free card. Cause not a goddamn thing. This is perfect. The way it is. Doesn't need anything. Evil. Same. Like I'm using the John Paul Jones award in the inverse way. Like, there's no way a bad, even if she recorded a version with Bad Wolves, it would still forever be in the shadow of this this release. Yeah. Would it have been cool and interesting if she did that? Maybe. It would always feel maybe slightly cheapened. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As cool as it could have been, not even close to the original. Ahead of its time or well-timed? I'm going to go right back to you. I wrote Zeitgeist. This song was of the time. Yeah. That was my response. Like this was of, this is a 1994 Zeitgeist special, you know? So I think it was perfectly timed. I think you're right. 
I think it maybe could have worked in the 80s or maybe sometime a little sooner because I did think this drew attention to what was going on in Ireland. No, but the the thought behind it. I'm really just, I don't know. She succeeded in writing a song where Bono failed <laughs> because he's so self-involved. Because he, he makes songs about himself instead of it, what Dolores uh, did. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expose um, ignorance. Is there anything that Sinead O'Connor did that would, comes like in the same vein? Yes. No. That's a good question. I don't, because I only know one Sinead O'Connor album. Right. And fucking did get kicked off of Saturday Night Live for doing some wild crazy. up a picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she did. That's a really good one. She's from Dublin. Um, yeah. The only album I know of hers is the the one that she came out with, Nothing Compares to You on mm-hmm. it. And a, that's all about love mm-hmm. and right. heartbreak, that sort of thing. Uh, Rachel, what about you? I agree that this could have been... I, I, this conflict was going on for so long. The timing was fine for the feeling of the song of, of being just exhausted. I think maybe, yeah, anywhere from the 70s on it would have been appropriate theme wise theme wise <laughs> theme yes, but music none of that would have mattered if it didn't impact musically and i think musically it fits so fucking perfectly in that time frame that that amplified Agreed. the yeah, message that's I true agree. is the band as good as the song i absolutely yeah. think so Be getting to revisit the cranberries they're I don't listen to them enough and I really, really like them. So I'm going to listen to them more because mm-hmm. yes, I think they are a fucking fantastic band. I, yeah, I think that they're a fantastic band. I think this is their probably today their most well-known song. Absolutely. If you rewind, I think Linger was bigger in 94 in the era. That was a bigger hit. Yeah, but 1.2 billion right. watches on YouTube. Mm-hmm. That's watches on YouTube, but that didn't fucking exist in 1994. That's what yeah. makes it even more insane that it yeah. has 1.2 billion I watches. I agree. Well, that's a good question. What is what does biggest song mean? Does it mean their success at the time, or does it mean longevity? Because in terms of longevity, this is the biggest by far. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Also, total segue. Can we just anytime I can plug Prince, I need to. Prince wrote <laughs> nothing compares to you. I mean, that's oh, who are you talking to, man? Yeah. Yeah, I know. You can bring up Prince. (laughs) Yeah, we can do every episode on Prince for the rest of this if you want to. (laughs) Yeah, he absolutely did. And then she, you know, I have no problems with Sinead O'Connor, except for the fact that she ended up not liking Prince after he gave her a career. So uh, (laughs) she can go to hell. I think did did you already answer Rachel? I didn't. Yeah, they are completely as good as a song. I really like Dolores getting yeah. to watch watch her talk and shit. Uh, God damn, she was fucking cool. Um, I I do think that this is their best, maybe not their best song, but I do think it's her best her best performance vocally. There Ooh. are something that I, think, I that I love. Oh, to my family, she's fucking her timid when she needs to be timid. And just her ability to do the whole, you know, her kind of head voice thing that she does. Sure. Uh, Fucking hell, man. My point is the brokenness and the emotion and the raw takes that are in this. Like we talked about instead of theme, it was team. And there's a bunch of an in zombie. It's it's ugly. Like it's not a pretty... It's not pretty vocals. Song, do you remember the song Salvation? Because she's growling so. a lot in that too. And it's fucking. Yeah. It's yeah. rad. Who won the song, Rachel? Ireland. 
fingers crossed. I think this was a, the conflict went on a little bit longer, but getting the message out there, I think is what 98 is what yeah, it ended. Getting that, the message out is what the goal was. And it, if you're getting censored and your videos being banned, I think you're getting your point across. Good. Very, very much agree. Uh, evil. What about, uh, you? stupid karaoke bars and drunk idiots. Oh, uh, good. God. Hey, oh. <laughs> also Miley. Also Miley. Miley did win. Same thing. Same fucking thing. Same thing. Yes. <laughs> Karaoke. Miley Cyrus. Same thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. I said kind of maybe this it's the same as fucking this is America. Like kind of kind of nobody wins, but everybody wins. Yeah. It's we got brilliant art out of it. Yes. Right. I'm, I'm always going to be a fan of brilliant art. <laughs> That's our three songs, everybody. We did it. We did. I think this. Thanks, Ben. This might be one. Might be two. We'll see. Probably going to be a long one episode, but those are three. That's what she said. (laughs) Those. What part specifically did she say? A long one. Oh yeah. A long one. Those three will. (laughs) (laughs) Those are some very thought-provoking songs. I thought that we brought to the table this time. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. it was good. Everybody, thank you for talking about those songs with us. We had so much fun. Join us next week when Sven, I hope, is with me to talk about Notorious B.I.G. What? Yeah, we talked Tupac last time. We got to talk about Biggie. That's next week. Spoilers. We already recorded that. Sven was definitely there. (laughs) You know what's been fun this year is listening to a shit ton of Tupac and Biggie. Mm. My God. That is so fun. You know, when we did 97, Biggie was my number one song of 97. Mm. I'm just saying. Oh my God, it was? Yeah. Holy shit. That's impressive. Mm. I'm just saying. Versecourseverse.com, at versecourseversepod. Rachel, thank you for bringing Childish Gambino to the table. That was very fun to dissect. Mm-hmm. Evil, thank you for introducing me to a new awesome band. Oh, I'm so happy that both of you enjoyed it at the level that you did yeah uh fuck yeah look forward to more discussions about art and music in the future i look forward to that so hurry the fuck up evil for crying out loud yeah it took me forever but it's coming (laughs) that's what she said hey oh (laughs) good night and good luck Oh,